right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I'm the host, and today we have a special edition Couch Talks because we are talking about what we have been talking about for about a month now, and that is attachment theory and the insecure attachment styles. Before we get into the Q and A. Um, the questions that you guys have sent in. I wanted to give a quick disclaimer that this is not therapy in itself. I am a therapist. I'm licensed in Tennessee, but I cannot and will not give therapy, do therapy over a podcast. So I'm giving you some information and hopefully what it does is it helps you lean deeper into your stuff and, and what you want to learn more about when it comes to you and your life and how you engage in your relationships. So we had a lot of questions. You guys had a lot of really good questions. Um, what I'm going to do is because these episodes are not supposed to be four hours long. (laughs) You guys know that I could talk for four hours straight. I don't know that I could keep your attention, but I could do it. And I don't know that Houston would want to edit a four hour long podcast, but that's irrelevant because we're not going to do it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break this up. So we're going to answer a couple questions today. And then in a couple weeks, I'll do another couch talks answering some of the other questions. And I've combined some of them because some of them are pretty similar. So just because I don't read your specific email, it doesn't mean that I'm not getting at something that you may have asked or wondered. So if you're also like, what are you talking about? We did a series on attachment theory and then the insecure attachment styles the past couple weeks. So if you go back, the first episode was starting with the basics. And then I did an episode on the avoidant attachment style in adults and then the anxious attachment style in adults. So I recommend you go listen to those before you listen to this podcast, unless you were sent this episode for a specific reason. Also, always very thankful for your questions. If you guys have more, know you can send them to Catherine at you need therapy podcast dot com. And also just because I don't respond to your email does not mean I didn't read it. Also doesn't mean I'm not going to 
talk about it on the show. So just always keep your ears and eyes peeled for these episodes. Now let's go into it. I'm going to pick three questions today. I don't know how many I'll pick next time, but we're going to go with three. And when I say three, I really mean like 10 because I jumbled some together. Here is the first one. Can someone with an anxious and avoidant attachment style date each other? Now I got this question in about actually like seven different versions. So I'm simplifying some of what you guys said to get to the point of what you were asking. There's a lot of um, talking around this issue, (laughs) issue, question. So we're simplifying it. So there's a lot of people that are wanting to know, can someone with an anxious attachment style date somebody with a more avoidant attachment style? And to put it simply, yes, anybody can date anyone. And I talked about I think it was in the anxious episode that a lot of times these people are attracted to each other because they mirror each other's belief systems. However, I used to say it wouldn't be a good idea, but as I have become more mature in the craft of therapy, I've realized that I can't really answer this question. Is it unlikely that these two partners stay together? Yes. Is it highly likely that these two people will have a somewhat toxic relationship? Yes. Now, this depends on the severity of the insecurity, of course. I I see the insecure attachment styles in adults on more of a spectrum than a fixed point. But what you would have to identify is what level of health am I looking for in my relationship? The question I would ask is what would I have to sacrifice in my relationship to stay in it? And would that be worth it? And different answers are okay. I can't tell you what you should want. You have to be honest about that. And I think we need to be realistic with it all. We have to be honest about how much wishful thinking we're engaging in. Am I hoping that I can change them or that they will change or something along those lines? Am I staying in this relationship because I'm afraid of being alone or that no one else will love me? Or do I believe that my needs really can't be met? Do I believe I'm too needy? Do I believe I'm undeserving of what I really long for? And am I settling in this? You have to be really honest about those questions. And I mean, when it comes down to it, you could say like, yeah, I'm willing to be in this relationship even though I'm not fully satisfied because it's better than nothing. You can say that. And my personal desires or my personal belief of what I think is best in relationships doesn't really have a lot of um, weight or importance in that from a completely objective standpoint. Yeah, these people can date each other. Anybody can date anybody. What you need to ask yourself is, what am I looking for? And am I able to have that in this relationship? And I think we also need to be very realistic in the sense that, am I dating this person hoping that they are going to change? Or if nothing ever changed, would I be okay with how this person is presenting now and how I present in this relationship? So maybe not what you guys wanted, because I I bet you wanted a black and white answer. But you know, that's hard to hard to do on here because there are so many variables. Okay, second question. How do you balance taking responsibility for your own insecure, in this case, anxious attachment, without blaming yourself for your behavior slash coping skills that may have made the avoidant attached partner deactivate and abandon you? Okay, so here's the thing here. And I got a couple questions that were around this and then I just picked one to read. So again, keep your ears open. If that wasn't your specific question, we might be talking about what you were wondering. Here's the thing. Your behavior as an anxiously attached person probably did push this 
avoidant person away. However, working on your anxious behavior doesn't change his avoidant behavior. They are still going to be avoidant, even if you didn't act anxious, right? So it feels more like you having these anxious coping skills sped up the inevitable. And you can pretend to not have needs. You can pretend like you don't have this anxious attachment style. And that's what a lot of the dating advice tells you to do, right? But then you would just be shutting yourself down. You're not changing his attachment with that either. You're just probably making it easier for him to remain avoidant. What I would encourage someone to do here is acknowledge that when it comes down to it, you're not being rejected or abandoned. Someone is running away from their own fear of rejection and abandonment in this case. When it comes to how this person put it, the avoidant partner abandoned me. They're running away from their own fear. When we are talking about two insecurely attached people, it really isn't about the other person. It's about both of them. It's about them. It's about both of those people's fear of the same thing and how they go about avoiding that. So what I would do is work on your self-soothing. I would encourage anybody to work on their self-soothing behaviors, Who somebody who is more anxious leaning. Practice some self-regulation within the context of relationship. So yes, it's important for us to be able to go and soothe with our partners, but it's also important for us to be able to soothe without them as well, um, to have the ability to do both, not one or the other. And then work on those negative beliefs you have about yourself, especially the ones that the avoidant partner's behavior may have given you more ammo for. Then your next relationship, you can show up more fully in and ask for your needs to be met and possibly get them met because that's one of the main ways they will be met is if you ask for them to be met. So stay in your lane, own the stuff that isn't working for you, knowing that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I work on my attachment, I cannot change my partner's attachment through working on mine. They have to have buy-in as well. And I also don't like the like, they abandoned me. I would reframe that as like they left like they aren't abandoning you, they're choosing to leave based on their own insecurity. So to make that not so much about you, but make your behavior about you. Okay, now question number three. How do you remain hopeful for a partner to heal without existing in a place of despair, still wanting to be with that person because you've made excuses for their attachment style and their trauma? So I read this question as like, how do I remain hopeful and like, how do I hope that my old partner, ex-partner heals and finds what they need without remaining attached to the idea that we will end up back together because whatever hurt they may have caused me, I've made excuses for that. I won't see them as not a good fit for me because I see everything through the lens of their trauma. And then I almost look at them as, as like a victim and it's not their fault. So then I still want to be with them. (laughs) That was my long winded way of making the question shorter. I just made it longer. (laughs) Anyway, So understanding someone's attachment through the lens of their trauma doesn't make their attachment different. It still is going to be the same thing um, behaviorally and it's going to feel the same way to you as the partner of that person. I think this is the difference between being empathetic and being codependent. Yeah, it sucks that a lot of people with insecure attachment have been through some like really shitty situations and it's not necessarily their fault that they got to where they are. But I would be very careful not to put someone in a victim role when they are no longer a victim, right? So they are now a survivor of this experience and they have some some bruises and some bumps and some wounds they need to work on, but they are no longer um, victims to those 
wounds, they have the ability to heal them outside of whatever it is that they have been through if they are no longer going through that. In the next couple months, I want to do an episode on the Cartman triangle, the drama triangle. And I've alluded to that before. This goes deeper into the idea of how we get in these like unhealthy relationship dynamics where there's these three roles. There's the persecutor, there's the rescuer, and there's the victim. And in a sense, we're all kind of fighting to be the victim, even though uh, we wouldn't probably want to admit that. But we're all fighting to be this victim because a victim, it's not their fault. They can't help it. And if I can look at an ex as a victim rather than a survivor of something and then an, an adult who has like agency and power to change their narrative, I can then make excuses for their behavior. And oh man, is that attractive when I want to make something work. I want to find a narrative that will make this work. But you don't have to be a martyr here. And, and what happens when we do that is I'm going to be the one that stays with them because everybody's left or something like that. You know, everybody leaves them and I don't want to abandon them too. Okay, well, I get what you're saying. What you're doing in that is not making them see what their behaviors now are causing and how they might actually be hurting you. You become a martyr and that actually enables them to stay in their insecure attachment because it's working for them. Whatever it is that they're doing is working for them. They can keep their distance. They can keep their safety that they call safety um, without any consequences. And so you're going to continue not to get your needs met and they're going to get their needs met. And I fully believe that we don't change unless we have a reason to. So that's why I call boundaries, boundaries without consequences, suggestions, right? If there's, if I'm like, please don't do this, but it's working for that person and there's no consequence for them doing it, they're probably going to keep doing it. Okay, so let's say that like every time I lend a client a book, they bring it back, but it's like all chewed up by their dog. And they're like, I'm so sorry, my dog got a hold of it. And I'm like, oh, it's not their fault because like their dog is like, it's a puppy and like, you know, puppies can't help it and it must be hard to raise a puppy. But I've done this like 15 times and I'm like, hey, please try to like keep the book out of the hands or the mouth of your dog. And they're like, okay, I'll try. But like, they don't really do anything because there's not a consequence. I keep giving them that book back. And then um, one day I'm like, hey, I'm not going to loan you my books anymore if you bring this one back chewed up. So if they really want to continue to borrow my books, they might actually put some effort in keeping the book away from the dog. But if I just let them keep doing whatever and it's like effort for them to have to keep the dog away from the book, they're not going to do it. Same thing with human relationships in all forms. So boundaries without consequences, just suggestions. And we don't always take all of the suggestions that people offer us, right? So I hope that was helpful. I hope all of these answered questions were helpful in some way. I know that there were so many more. And if you are like, oh, I really wanted you to answer my question, we will be doing another one of these attachment themed couch talks soon. Next week, however, is need a week. So next week I will be doing content around um, eating disorders, exercise addiction, disordered eating, all of those things. I have, I'm excited about the Monday episode. I'm going to keep it a secret for right now, but I am excited to record that this week with a couple people. And then the couch talks will be centered around that as well, because I think that it is important to continue to spread awareness and information around eating disorders and how they can show up pretty like incognito in our culture. So if you do have any specific questions on that topic, uh, send them in. Next week would definitely be your week to do that. 
And you can do that again, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. If you want to follow us, it's at unitherapypodcast on Instagram. And you can follow me at at cat.defata, D-E-F-A-T-T-A. You can also click the link in the show notes to find those. And if you're like, oh, man, I only get to hear Cat twice a week and I really need some more. I want to remind you guys that I'm also on Amy Brown's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown, every single Tuesday with her on her fifth thing. And we talk about all of the things there. Sometimes we have a goal of something to talk about and we end up going rogue and sometimes we try to stay on track. But uh, we talk about a lot of different stuff, mental health, life, cereal. I mean, we got it all covered there. So you can check that out as well. So that will do it for us today. I hope you guys have the day you need to have. And I will talk to you guys on Monday. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.